0: From the VIP lounge to the gridiron, it's everything you need to know from pop culture to free throws. This is Cleats and Cocktails with your hosts, Meg and Tanyella. Welcome to Cleats and Cocktails. I'm Tanyella. And I'm Meg. This week's episode of Cleats and Cocktails is brought to you by Negronis. Uh, Negronis are made up of equal parts gin, vermouth, and campari. End of story. Like, no mix. Just liquor, liquor, liquor. it in a glass. Um, And so what we did is half an ounce of each. um, Basically just pour it over ice. You can garnish with an orange twist if you have it. We did not do that. Um, I mean, it's not as bad as I was expecting, but it's not great. I hate this cocktail
1: <laughs> of all the ones we've ever made. And like, I knew, I know I don't like Negroni. So when this was the cocktail this week, I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's better than I remember. Cause I haven't drunk one in a while. And I took a sip and was like, nope, still terrible.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't like the taste of Campari at all. Like it's just so bitter. It's so bitter. like, I don't, some people must, it must taste different to them than it does to me. Cause like, it just doesn't taste good to me at all. And you can still taste quite a bit in here obviously because it's a third of the entire cocktail so um <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's not my fave it's not great but it rhymed or it uh, alliterated alliterated is that a word yeah, I think with so. nba and yep. you know everyone knows that that's going to be uh, a big part of the podcast this week so it just sort of worked it's also very raptors
1: red so it is. in honest all honesty it's a very appropriate cocktail for this week yeah. it's just unfortunate i literally hate the taste of that <laughs> <laughs> correct um, okay, so up this week, we're going to do our Pick 6 News stories, as always, and then um, the only other segment we're actually going to do this week is we're calling it the Road to the Chip. Um, we're going to do a bit of a retrospective on the Raptors and their their journey towards the NBA title. Um, we're going to talk about the players and some of the feel-good stories and narratives that came about this year because we're like completely freaking obsessed with the Raptors. Yep. We love them. We love all of them. So um, we're going to talk a bit about them. Um, Basically, we're just going to obsess over the Raptors for like half a podcast.
0: Basically, yeah. Um, And as you all can hear, Taniela is back from her trip. (gasps) I'm back. So we will hear a little bit about um, her time there and about the World Cup. And uh, yeah. Cool. You ready to jump into
1: pick six? Sure am and it's gonna be a pick six the song like would that be a sufficient news story we just play we are the champions (laughs) like (laughs) would you get it (laughs) just
0: keep rolling the tape (laughs) yeah
1: all the way through yeah um unless you've been living under a rock i think it is very obvious what we're starting with yes the raptors win the raptors win the the raptors win. win
0: We did promise that until the NBA Finals were over, we would start with the Raptors as our first news story every week. And, well, they won the championship. So they
1: won! They
0: we won. will be starting with that, obviously. Obviously. Um, we were at the parade this morning, so I'm sure a lot of you saw on TV that the championship parade happened in Toronto on Monday Um, I mean, morning, but morning into, like, the evening, essentially. It
1: was the longest parade in history um, for something that should have taken two hours. Yes. We're not really sure what happened. We're assuming, um, so apparently it was looking like close to three million people showed up for this parade, and it felt like it. Yes. Um, and I guess they were just not prepared for the amount of people that were there. Like, it was complete chaos. Yeah.
0: For context, they were expecting around one to two million. So, like, still a lot, but if there's a whole extra million- (laughs) There's a lot of people. On top of what you're expecting. Yeah. Like- I mean, somebody said to me earlier, how do you crowd control for 3 million people? And I think the answer is you don't.
1: You don't. And it was clear by the, like, how long it took them to get from exhibition where they started to uh, where they finished at City Hall um, because it took five hours. Yeah. Um, It was obvious that they just had, did not have a hot clue how they were going to get the crowd under control.
0: No, I I mean, I'm kind of surprised, like, uh, for example, for the Santa Claus parade, they set up, like, barriers along, like, in between the sidewalk and the street so that people know to be behind the barriers, right? You, You control the crowd in that way. But for some reason, they didn't do that this time. Everything was just open. So confusing. And people were just everywhere. And so as the bus was trying to drive down the street, there were just people on the street and so like, right up against the bus yeah so basically they had like some policemen at the front trying to like part the seas of people but I mean obviously that takes some time and uh, yeah it just overall seems like they weren't that prepared so, that we kind of sucks.
1: We were saying that part of the problem, though, is that Toronto never gets championships. Like, this is, like, a dime a dozen for a city like Boston or LA or Chicago. So, like, they know what they're, they do. They know how to set everything up. They come prepared. And not as many people would
0: go when they win, like, no, that often. I
1: think that, um, I was saying to someone else today, like, I think Cleveland's parade was about a million people. And that was, like, a big freaking deal for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Meanwhile, like 3 million people descended on Toronto today mm-hmm. on top of all the people who came down for their regular jobs. Exactly.
0: Yeah. When we were making our way over to the parade, we were like mixed in with like Raptors fans and like businessmen yeah.
1: <laughs> and businessmen who were on their phones being like, don't go into the office, just come to the parade because they could see the like swaths of people heading in. I mean, yeah. City Hall was... Insanity. Yeah.
0: People were camped out last night, overnight. People got there super early this morning. Like, yeah, it was just crazy. It was
1: crazy. I mean, like, if nothing else, it's clear that Toronto and Canada are completely obsessed with this team. Yeah. Like, it it was insane. I don't think the players were even expecting. I mean, the ones who have been in Toronto for a while probably could guess, but I'm sure players like Kawhi looking out there, like, just seas of people. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah.
0: It was a crazy, it was like a great experience. Totally. Even though we had to wait a long time and it was really, you know, it didn't all work out exactly how we had envisioned it to work out. I'm still super glad that we went. It was still a good experience. There was so much hype. Like everybody was just. People were freaking out. Yeah. Amped up. Yeah.
1: It was really cool. And I mean, that was just the parade we're coming off of. Never mind the actual win. Mm -hmm. The, so the Raptors did win 114-110 as the final score. They won in six games. Um, thank God, because if they went to seven, I would have keeled over
0: and died. Right. My understanding, becoming a new Toronto sports fan, was just that, I mean, with it being a Toronto sports team, they were going to go to game seven, and then they were going to lose, right? Like, they were going to blow the 3-1 lead that they had. That was my, like, that's what Taniela's coached me to believe. Yes, because that's exactly what
1: would have happened. (laughs) That's
0: what what was happening. So, yeah, I I felt very strongly that they needed to win game six, or else it was all going to be over.
1: They did, and it was almost like, um, as much as I'm, obviously winning at home would have been perfection. I think that a lot of times teams win on the road because you don't have home court pressure. Mm. Like the other team is, like the other team's fans are so against you the whole time that it becomes like it's your ammo right like you're fighting against that and like so a lot of teams like I mean the St. Louis Blues did phenomenally on the road mm-hmm. you know um, and we're going to get into them in a little bit but like a lot of teams end up doing better on the road than at home for certain uh, playoff series and so the Raps ended up winning in Golden State um, our fans traveled well though we had yeah. a little pack of Canadians over there yeah. holding it down our super yeah. fan Nav Bhattia was also out there of course um, Drake was not, nope. Drake apparently was asked not to go to the games in the, uh, in Golden State. Oh really? Well, yeah. Drake was at Jurassic Park that
0: night. Yeah. Having a blast. In there. Yeah.
1: But yeah, apparently it's cause he was told he's not allowed to go,
0: mm. which I
1: mean, like fair, I don't know. Eh, it's definitely like, it's because this isn't new to the NBA. The NBA tends to tell, um, hype celebrities not to show up to their important games. Like Spike Lee has been told not to go to games like in the Knicks. Um, and just because like they claim it's a quote unquote security issue, but in reality mm. they they think it's too much of a distraction. Right. Um, even though all it did was like Drake just instead, again, just built a stage and partied on stage yes. <laughs> in front of everyone. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, it was,
0: I mean, it was a very close game, like all of the games have been. I think there were 17 lead changes in the end, which means that basically the Raptors would be leading and then the Golden State would be leading and then the Raptors and then Golden State, like back and forth, back and forth. So 17 times the lead changed, which is insane. Um, the end of the game was like almost a little anticlimactic. It
1: was entirely anticlimactic and we can thank the NBA refs for taking that from us. Yes and apparently so i was reading online afterwards and people were furious at how it ended because they said like this you took away a, like a perfect nba moment that they could replay over and over in the history books go forward like it's a montage like Like, that game should have ended. Yeah. It should have ended. You should have left it with us. Toronto, like, okay, so I was in Montpellier while this game was on, so obviously Meg and I FaceTimed because I had to talk to somebody. (laughs) Um, So I'm, like, in my Airbnb with my husband (laughs) watching the game. Meg is on the phone. Oh, sorry, I was in Amsterdam by that point. Um, And I can hear on the phone all the people around Meg outside are freaking out because they figure the game is over. So there's all these people like cheering and screaming and having a great time. And then like they go to review the play for five minutes and then like all everyone just slowly dies down when they realize like, oh, it's not over, is it? So Yeah. (laughs) um, And so they had to do this big review. It was basically they were looking at whether there was like a foul and there was like a yeah, no. There was a whole bunch of shit that happened. They called yes. a time Golden State called a timeout
0: when they didn't have one. So then there was a technical foul because you can't do that, which meant Toronto got to shoot one free throw and get the ball, which was what there was 0.9 seconds left.
1: Yes. So then they fouled Kawhi, right? And then he took the foul shots. And that put us up 114 to 110, and
0: then... Yeah, and it's when he took those shots, I think, that was like, okay, we did it. Because they were two possessions ahead with only 0.9 seconds left, which meant that Golden State, I mean, you couldn't, you can't make that work.
1: Two possessions ahead means that you would need at least two baskets in order to tie or take the lead, so...
0: So, like, two twos, or a three and a two, or a three and a foul shot, or whatever.
1: In the, like... Context of basketball, with that little time left, a two-possession game is... You can't. It's impossible. Yeah, no. So that was when it was really sealed, and that's when everyone finally could, like... Like exhale, because I think that once they went to review that play, people started like freaking out because it was also really a really confusing play. So people didn't know what the actual call was. Like but I think the commentators were like, Is this a foul on Kawhi? Is this like a everyone was really confused, which made it so difficult for us to know. Like, if we knew it was a a foul that Kawhi was gonna shoot for, we would have been like, Oh, I'm not worried. Like this is good for us. But no one actually knew what the call was.
0: I just assumed it was going to be against Kawhi because the refs just seemed to
1: be doing everything they could to not let us win. And when Kawhi was going up for the jump shot that he got fouled on, I actually, I think he got fouled earlier before that, but as he was going up, he sort of like had his forearm in Andre Godalla's neck as it was happening. So when they were showing the replay, I had assumed Kawhi was going to get called for that, which is like a, a shitty thing to do. Yeah. yeah. But the refs were garbage. Yeah. They said there was something like, 15 or 12 fouls for the uh, the Warriors in the fourth quarter and the Raps had like one at the time that I was like listening
0: yeah I think when we looked at it total it was pretty even it was like 21 to 20 or something like that for the whole game but so like it yeah overall like numbers wise it was even but like a lot of the calls were not good yeah yeah.
1: Not great. No. Um, but alas, we made it through. We won. I cried a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I cried a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was weird for me. I'm the crier of, of the two of us, so it was a very strange scenario you for me You were so to,
1: uncomfortable. Yeah. You were just like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. For me to like not be crying. Like I was excited, but like not to that
1: level, I guess. But
0: Yeah, no, I I. Cry. It's been a way longer buildup for you than it has for me, so.
1: This you know. was like- And we said it in the the Instagram post that we put up in that. Like, for me, it's like all of the years that we sat through and like the garbage years of being a Toronto Raptors fan when the team was bad and no one wanted to play here. People who got traded here demanded that they were going to be traded away. People who refused to come play for us. Like, it's just Chris Bosh walking when we got nothing for him. Vince Carter leaving after not wanting to play for us. Like, all of it is so painful, but it was like all... It was like it was all absolved mm. with this win. Like, we did it. And we did it with a team that was so good, and they loved each other, and it was drama-free, and Nick Nurse is an amazing coach, and, like, obviously Kawhi bought into this as well. Like, I was just here for all of it. It was it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was.
0: And, yeah, yeah so the Raptors then proceeded to celebrate their win in Golden State and then go and they to, went to Vegas, Vegas the next day. And then stayed in Vegas, like, one or two days extra than what they were going to. The
1: rumor is that, like, it was potentially... So I read one rumor that it was potentially because Kawhi hinted at wanting to stay. So they were going to, like, stay an extra day and party it up because of that. Right. And if that's the case, take a year off. I don't even care. Party (laughs) party the whole summer away. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. And then a a few of them actually headed to L.A. afterwards to continue the party. Um, Some people headed home. And uh, Kawhi got a one-way ticket with the OVO Drake plane yes. on his
0: way home. Yes, him and Drake flew home. I don't know if anyone else was with them. I mean, I'm sure people were with them. Any other players, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it seems like, Taniela mentioned to me earlier, it seems like Drake's working overtime right now to try and do his best to get Kawhi to stay.
1: Because that's pretty much all that matters at this point. I mean, like the narr- very quickly, ESPN was like, as soon as the game was over, it's like, oh, is Kawhi going to stay? And it's like... You know what? Let me revel in this for a hot minute, yeah. you know? Like, free agency for the NBA opens up uh, July 1st, I believe, so um, we'll do a breakdown at that time of all the things you should look out for, but until then, I'm enjoying this win. Exactly. And
0: like Taniela said, we are going to have another segment after our news stories where we're going to break down a little more about the Raptors and the players and what we think's to come and all of those things. So we'll get into that more later, but basically the main story is that the Raptors are the champs of the world.
1: Of the world. Of the universe. Yes. And I love it. Me too. Ugh. I could literally just keep talking, but we gotta move on. We should. Let's talk about the other championship that just happened. Let's. Also, what a bop of a song.
0: Yeah. I mean... I feel like I've heard the song over the years, but never as much as I've heard it in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean,
1: especially coming out of like an all male hockey team, like it's not exactly the thing you'd expect to hear. No, but I'm not mad about it because Gloria is a certified bop. So (laughs) I'm not mad to hear it. Um, we are also playing this because this was the official, I guess, anthem of the St. Louis Blues and the St. Louis Blues have won the Stanley Cup. They won in game seven. Last um, Wednesday night. Last Wednesday night. So basically we had like a back to back, Taniela's ideal win scenario for NBA NHL because I was, you probably have heard me. I don't know if I don't know if you've quite caught it, but um, I tend not to like Boston. Oh, really? I know I'm really subtle about it, yeah. so people may not pick up on it. No, I hadn't. Yeah, so um, I was I was getting ready to be real fired up to have to bitch about Boston sports again, and the gods did me a solid. <laughs> and St. Louis came out on top, four-one. They sure did. And four-one for a final score of a game seven is actually ridiculous, right? Yeah, like, I wasn't expecting that.
0: Well, and I think was it four nothing when Boston got their one goal, or was it three nothing and then um, Saint Louis ended up getting an open netter? Ooh, that is, I was I wasn't awake for it. True. I mean, I watched most of it. I didn't watch the very end of the game because it was late and they were winning by at least three goals. Like when I went to bed, it was at least three nothing. Yeah. So if I had to, yeah, I should look it up while we're talking about this because it's going to bug me. But. Um, Either way, they won, and it was very exciting. You They'd know, never I'm, won. it was their first win in I history know. too.
1: I know, so nice. which um, now leaves the Leafs as the longest active Stanley Cup list streak. Right, I did hear that the next day. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. Um, but super happy for the St. Louis Blues. They have like a shit ton of Canadians on their team too.
0: Yes, I heard that. Actually, I watched, I was looking at an Instagram post that was like, the Stanley Cup's going to be in like this city in Canada and this city in Canada.
1: Actually, it's just going to
0: be in Canada for the next four months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think they have the most players in all of the NHL. Yeah. Most, most Canadians. It's really cool. Um, the St. Louis Blues are like quite a feel-good story. They were in last place as of January. They fired their head coach. They were basically in the basement of the league. Everyone was kind of like, cool, another year toiled away. St. Louis has had a bad habit of, like, getting close and then just falling apart. So, um, but somehow they've turned their season around, turned it around so much that they literally won the Stanley Cup. Like, it's insane. Which I feel like may give false hope to other teams that are in the basement of the league thinking they can do it too. True. Um, you probably can't, but, you know, it's worth it to believe. Um. Also,
0: the, the guy we talked about, the sports better, won 100 grand.
1: Yeah. is uh, crazy? It's funny you guys talking about that uh, last week because I was nodding emphatically along with Greg. Like, he should have hedged his bet. Hmm. Regardless, he should have hedged his bet. Um, but I guess the uh, faith paid off. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, losing out on the chance for 100 grand because you didn't hedge your bet, I, I can't. I would not have been able to do it. But yeah. good for him. He stayed the course. He won 100 grand. Um, the other super cute story from this is that Layla Anderson, who we talked about previously, she's been their unofficial, like, feel good, good luck charm. Um, so she was actually invited to game seven. They filmed a video. She balled her eyes out getting to go to Boston. And then they let her sit in on the parade. They let her hold up the cup. Like, it was just. They've really treated her so well, and the city has, like, totally rallied behind her, and it's just been the freaking cutest. Like, watching her try to lift up the cup, I think Patrick Ramaroon was holding the cup, and he, like, half-held it to, like, gave it to her, and she, like, obviously, it's, like, bigger than she is. Yeah. And so, like, he had to, like, help lift it up, and he's, like, it was just, it was too much.
0: Yeah, the video of, um, I don't know his last name, his first name name's Colton? No clue. Colton's somebody on that team. Um, there, he's the one who, like i think talks to her the most and like who Aww. she really really loves and he like skates up and gives her the hugest hug on the Aww. ice like almost like the knocks her over <sighs> and then she held the cup with him too and he like got her to kiss the cup but all i kept thinking is the girl's got a really compromised immune system why oh, are yeah, you letting fair. her kiss
1: that dirty ass really fair <laughs> probably <laughs> but should have sure like sprayed some febreze or like uh, febreze <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> disinfected
0: <laughs> yeah or something. yeah yeah, I mean, I, I in the moment, I'm sure she didn't care, nor did her mom or her doctors. No. Nope. Um, but, yeah, that's all I kept thinking. Oh I was
1: like, oh, no, <laughs> don't let the poor girl kiss the, the like, future mom in you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Where's the hand sanitizer? Um, yeah, but it was amazing. The videos the next day, like, like I said, I went to bed before it ended, and... Um, so the next day when I woke up, it was just, like, Instagram was just full of everything about it, and I was dying over that. It was so
1: cute. Yeah. And I also really loved the, like... So St. Louis, the post-game, or sorry, the parade, um, it was crazy. They had a ton of people there. All Everyone was drinking. They had this, like, massive park where they were hold, held it. Um, did you see Brett Hall is basically, like, the drunkest man in America at this point? No. Like, so Brett Hall's a former NHL player, played for the St. Louis Blues for a long time, um... He was legit, completely shit-faced making speeches on stage. Like, just shit-faced. And, I mean, he was having a great time. The St. Louisians um, (laughs) seemed to be okay with it, too. St. Louisians. Um, But, yeah, it was really cute because their city really got behind this team. I feel like they really embraced... Everything they were playing Gloria in the streets, like people were waiting um, at the airport for them. Like, I don't know, I'm so freaking happy for the Blues. I love it when team when new teams get titles, right? Like, if it were up to me, a new team would win every single year because I feel like it means that much more, especially first time titles. Like, this is the Blues and the Raptors are both first time title holders, so like the first one means the most, right? Like, definitely, (sighs) I don't know, I'm so happy for them. So, good for the Blues. I got the. Mo- it w- it could have been the darkest timeline with the Bruins winning in seven and the Warriors winning in seven because that's exactly what I saw happening. And I was I would have like that would have been what I expected. But instead, <laughs> so all much better. The, so much better. All the years of like sacrifices to the gods truly paid off.
0: Also, I have finally clarified that um, St. Louis actually was up for nothing, and then uh, Boston scored their one goal, so it wasn't even an empty net goal. Oh.
1: So. I'm actually a little sad they couldn't hold the shutout because that would have been intense. Yeah, and Jordan Bennington, like yeah. first year goalie.
0: Crazy. God. He he's guys from for... Newmarket.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like just outside Toronto for anyone who doesn't
1: know that. Did you see him riding a mini tricycle through the parade? No, I did not. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
0: Anyways, oh so
1: if you have any questions about um, either of these series, let us know. Um, we didn't get into too many technical details about the uh, either of these wins, mostly because it's more fun to just talk about how great the wins are. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can hop into the next big championship that's happening. Yeah. So, um, as you may have seen on the art Insta story, I was in France last week for the Women's World Cup. Um, I went to the Canada versus Cameroon game, which was their first game of their group stage. Um, super fun experience minus the absolute garbage weather we had. It literally poured rain on us. It was freezing cold. For the south of France, in June, it's supposed to be like 29 every day, and they get like less than 60 days of rain a year. I was there for the one day in these two weeks where it was freezing cold and poor rain. Oh boy. I was miserable. I was so mad. I had to use my flag as a blanket. Well, that's not providing you much warmth. No, nor do I think that um, this is what the government wants you to do with a flag. Right. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, regardless of that, the, um, the game itself was great. I said last week on the pod, you got my little audio clip, I didn't think Canada played aggressively enough, and it came back. To, it's actually going to come back to haunt them, unfortunately. Um, but Canada did go on to win their second game. Uh, we did play New Zealand on the weekend, um, and we won that. Unfortunately, we still actually only sit in second place in our group. We are through to the round of 16, guaranteed. We just don't know where we're going to finish. Um, basically what happens is if Canada is to finish second in their group we would finish behind the Netherlands this one unfortunately caused us to have to play the U.S. in the next round which is not ideal because they're going to kick our asses likely Um, so the goal is for us to finish first in our group because then we won't actually meet the, uh, the states until the finals the problem is that the Netherlands have actually scored more goals for than Canada. So what happens is if two teams are tied on, like, number of wins and number of points in the group, um, they, they have, like, a, basically a, a list and you move down the list of eliminators, like, things that can separate you from your opponent. So it'll be, like, number of points and then, like, number of goals for and then yes. international head-to-head the last year, what your record is. Or, and, like, so they keep going down the list until finally one of them breaks the tie. Right. So in this case, it'll actually be the fact that the Netherlands has scored more goals than us is what will keep them in first if we do anything except win against the Netherlands. So it's a must-win scenario. Canada plays Wednesday?
0: Thursday. Thursday. Thursday at noon. Yep.
1: So um, I would definitely encourage you to watch it if you happen to be on your lunch break um, because it's going to be a must-win. The Netherlands is by far the toughest... Team in our group, so it's actually going to be a great battle. Canada is definitely looking more aggressive. They were definitely more aggressive in their uh, most recent game, so I'm yeah. Hoping. They won that game two nothing.
0: Yes, and the goals were scored by Jesse Fleming, yep. who is a midfielder.
1: Yes, but they've been playing her on forward, too. Okay, and then Nichelle Prince? Yes, Nichelle Prince. She was the other one. She's, like, lightning fast. Wow. Yeah, I love her. Um, Still nothing for Christine Sinclair, though. No, did you see how snake-bitten she was? So, Christine Sinclair had two perfect headers. One hit the post, and one went over the uh, crossbar. Oh, that sucks. It was brutal. One of the goal, the Nichelle Prince goal was actually on a Christine Sinclair rebound. Like, she headed at the goalie stopped Uh. it, and she... Like, she's so snake-bitten right now. So, Christine Sinclair goal watch continues. Yes. Um, In other news, a bunch of the other teams uh, are set and through to the round of 16. So, I mean, just for, like, quick reference, um, basically the teams that you would expect to be through are France and Norway are through, um, Germany, Spain, and China. All three in that group are actually through. Because what happens is the first two teams of every group automatically make it through. And then I think the top four third place teams out of all the groups also make it through. Um, who else has been set? Italy and Brazil are also both through. Uh, England and Japan are both through Canada and the Netherlands are through. And then the U S and Sweden are both through. Actually, did you see the Sweden, uh, Thailand game?
0: No, I don't I know did if not. you watched it.
1: Okay, so first of all, the team Sweden is all like six feet tall and like bleach blonde models. Like, oh. cool. Must nice. be nice. Yeah. Um, so they played Thailand, and if you remember, they uh, Greg and Meg actually talked last week on the pod about the thirteen nothing obliteration the U.S. put on Thailand that everybody considered to be super classless, myself included. I was furious at the fu- that game. Furious. It's unacceptable to play like that. Especially celebrating as though you're winning the World Cup against a team like your goal. Their goalie's is five five. She's mini. She can't even kick the ball to half. You know, like fuck off with that. Anyways, that's besides the point. Thailand and Sweden played on the weekend. Um, Thailand actually got their first ever goal at the World Cup. It came in like the 95th minute. So the goal, the game was. Long since over. I think they won like five one or something. Sweden, um, but it was so exciting that their coaches cried. Oh, like they all burst into tears oh, and like that's so nice. I know their fans were all crying. Like it was, it meant so much to them to like have s- properly scored a goal at the World Cup. Wow, I know. Especially and they like, after that shit game against right, the US. yeah. So for them, it was a huge deal. I loved it. Um I will. Can, Continue to encourage everyone to watch Women's World Cup, please. um, All the games are on TSN. Um, This viewership is, like, what will drive us getting more women's games televised. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. um, Well, moving along into another uh, Canadian female who we love. uh, Brooke Henderson, our girl, won the Meyer LPGA Classic this weekend. Which means she has now broken the record for the winningest Canadian golfer, is what they called it. I yeah. was like, is that English? I don't know.
1: Winningest, winning, I can't even pronounce it properly. Winningest is actually a word. Wow, it's hard to believe.
0: Either way, <laughs> she has the most wins by any Canadian golfer on the PGA or LPGA, so that means male or female, um, yes, nine. Queen. So she has nine wins, and she's only 21. I knew she was young, but, like, when I reread that she was 21, I was like, Jesus. (laughs) Like, she couldn't drink in the U.S. Literally. Last year. Yeah. It's insane. What the fuck? Yeah. It's crazy. So, good for her. She is, I mean... I don't know. I feel like golf's one of those sports where you don't necessarily peak really young the way you do in other sports. Like, she definitely has, like, more room for improvement and will just continue to get better, I think.
1: I mean, you can play golf until you're, like, 700 years old, right? As long as your body doesn't fall apart. As long as she can stay healthy and, like, not need elbow surgery or shoulder surgery or anything like that. She could have a very lengthy career. Yeah. Because she's such a baby right now. Like, she has so much, so many years ahead of her. I mean, like... How old are Jack Nicholas? Isn't he like so old? He like, doesn't still play though. But like, or Phil Mickelson?
0: Phil Mickelson still plays,
1: yeah. He's, he's old. probably like
0: in his 50s, I guess. Right? But
1: that's still like, and there's no other sport where people play that late into their, their careers, right? That's true. So I feel yeah. like if she does everything right, she really could have a long career. And I mean, if she's at nine now, at 21, who knows? Give her another 10 years. Yeah. So proud that's of pretty her.
0: Pretty crazy. Um, just as a side
1: note, since, like, while we're on the
0: golf topic, I will mention that the U.S. Open happened this past weekend. Greg and I spoke about it last week. Gary Woodland ended up winning. Who? Um, yeah. So he's a U.S. golfer. Um, he's been around for quite a while, but he's never won a major before. And he's definitely a fan favorite win. Like, he is just a guy that everybody really likes. Um, he just seems like a really, like, genuine, nice person. He, um,
1: I've never heard of him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've seen his name, but he's never, I don't recall him ever being, like, high up on the leaderboard, so I don't really remember that he has had a lot of, like, coverage in other um, golf tournaments, because if you're not doing that well, they don't really show you that much, right? Like, if you're not very high up the leaderboard... So, anyways, he ended up winning. He led, I'm pretty sure, through all day on Sunday. Like, I don't think anyone ever even caught up to him.
1: I actually watched it. Oh, did you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did. It was on
0: very late because of Pebble Beach being in California. I'm used to golf tournaments being on the East Coast, which means they're over by like 5 p.m. because of the daylight, right? But instead... They, it was only like, they were, the last golfers were teeing off at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, no. So that went way too late for me. I had to take a couple of breaks because it was just like too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so our, uh, our boy Brooks Kepka, who Greg and I spoke about last week, uh, came second. Which means he came second in the Masters this year, he won the PGA Championship, and he came second in the US Open, and the only other golfer, or the last golfer, I should say, to do that, so to place first or second in the first three majors of the year, was Tiger Woods, and it was back, I believe, in 2005. So it's been a while since anybody has done that. Good for him. So interested to see the next uh, major will be the British Open, and that happens sometime in July. So whenever that comes, we oh, will... Oh, does
1: England just do all of their stuff at once? Because Wimbledon's, Wimbledon's in July, in too. July.
0: Yeah, exactly. So They just
1: do all... I guess they, they have such a short, good summer. Exactly. They're like, we just pump everything, everything. into one month. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much that. Um, for anyone who is invested, which I'm sure is probably not a lot of you, um, Greg-, <laughs> Greg and I did draft fantasy teams on last week's episode, and his team did beat me. Womp womp. <laughs> um, Primarily, I would say because of Jordan Spieth, who was six over par for the weekend. Oh
1: my god! Yeah.
0: So, if and you, what does that mean? Well, that means he was six strokes like he was plus six. So he was six strokes over par for the round. Par being like what you should get, like what all of the holes.
1: <laughs> you put me on the spot. I feel like we've explained this before, and now I'm explaining it really poorly. <laughs> It's basically so, like, let's say par for the whole round was what, like 60? Yeah. He shot six strokes over that. Right, so
0: he shot 66.
1: It's not great. No, but I mean, that's, it's not that,
0: it's more than that, but anyways, of course. Yeah, but that's an example. Um, yeah, so it's funny. I was saying to Greg that it's so fluky because Greg really wanted Jordan Spieth on his team. I just got him first. So had Greg got the people he wanted and I just ended up with the leftovers like he did, then I would have won. Mm-hmm. Like, Jordan Spieth was basically the main differentiator. Uh. We both were at, like, with our teams, we were at negative 19. And then Jordan Spieth brought me back to negative 13 because I had uh. to add six strokes. Get your shit So together, literally, Jordan. <laughs> it's only him. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like in the past few years, Jordan Spieth has just, like, done well and he's just... I don't know, like a name that I know and like a face that I recognize. So I'm always just, I choose him. Like I'm pretty sure I had him in our draft too, Mm -hmm. but this year he's just not playing well at all. So it's about to get relegated. If I end up in any other sort of fantasy draft for golf in, for the British open, I will not be choosing him. He has burned me
1: twice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Noted. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Okay. So uh, one quick note Back on the subject of women in sports. Um, super quick story. Women Can- in sports heavy today. I'm into it. I'm so into it. Yeah. I mean, considering we're going to spend half this pod about the Raptors. Right. Fair. Like, I'm not mad about some women's stories. True. Um, so, Canada's women's rugby sevens team, um, they actually have officially punched their ticket to the uh, Tokyo Olympics next summer. Um, They won, I think they came in third place in the most recent tournament. They got a bronze medal in a tournament that I can't pronounce the name of. Um, But with that, it actually seals their, um, or punches their ticket to the Olympics, which is great because it means that, I don't know how many qualifying tournaments there are, but it's better to just be like in, you don't have to play with like as much like, I'm freaking out i may not make it canada's rugby sevens team is actually quite good we did make it to rio at the last olympics and we actually won bronze so um i don't know if they play again in canada at any point though i think they played in bc this year um which i actually think they lost that tournament um but i don't think they play in toronto at any point but it's good to note um when I, i'm actually excited that rio olympics is next year already like
0: not Rio Olympics.
1: Sorry, so. Tokyo. That's what I meant. But, but I'm Summer excited. Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm excited that Olympics are... Like, it's always weird being in an in-between year, but yeah. it, uh, now we get to see all the qualifying for it, so True. that's really cool. Yeah. So that's going to happen a lot, just as an FYI. CBC Sports, sometimes on, like, a random Sunday afternoon, they'll play, like decathlon and you're like, what the fuck is this? But no, it's like all the Olympic qualifying is going to start up. So keep your eyes out this this summer and leading into the fall for it. Yeah. And in terms of um, rugby sevens, this is basically a
0: type of rugby versus I'm pretty sure the other type of rugby um, is 15s which is just they play with 15 players versus seven. So I think um, in the next coming weeks or sometime in July, we'll do a bit of a breakdown yes. on these two different types of rugby because we're actually going to go to a rugby game hopefully in July um, for the Wolf Pack in Toronto. Yes. I don't know if they're sevens or if they're regular rugby. I don't really know. But either way, we'll break that all down in a future episode and kind of talk about the differences. I'm excited to go to the game and to actually learn more about rugby because I don't know a ton about I it. I love rugby. But it seems like...
1: It's like football with none of the padding.
0: Which makes me slightly nervous because part of what I, I don't love the like angry physical aspect of football, but I don't pay attention to it. So that's why I get away with watching football. Like honestly, I see the quarterback cut the ball and then I just watch the ball and I watch where the ball's thrown. Everything else is just a blur to me. Like I don't pay attention to like men smashing heads. (laughs) So I worry if that's a bigger component of the game that I may be harder to get into it.
1: Uh, But we'll see. I'm excited either way. Also, a good way to remember Rugby Sevens is it's seven players each side playing seven minute halves. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. Seven minute halves? Yeah, apparently. So it's only a 14 minute game? That can't be right. Well, That's
0: what Wikipedia says. Interesting. I know. So then that must not be um, what the Wolf Pack is. Anyways, I don't know. We'll get into it. Yeah, I don't think
1: so. The regular Rugby is 15 players a side playing 40 minute halves. Okay. So, I guess with seven players it's probably like very tiring oh yeah I would imagine can you imagine playing rugby for 40 minutes with only seven people on the field no (laughs) no i be so tired certainly can't
0: um so anyways okay well I guess that's kind of it for um rugby one last news story this week um just a story from the MLB because well sooner or later we're gonna hit a point where there is nothing left to talk about but the MLB and that point is fast approaching. It's very fast approaching. So, very <laughs> fast. Throwing a little story here, um, which is that Edwin Encarnacion, um, people may know him, he used to play for the Jays until a couple of seasons ago. Um, he got traded from the Jays to Cleveland. And from Cleveland, he played there for two years, and then he got traded to Seattle in the offseason last year. So, this would have been his first season playing in Seattle. Um Having a pretty good season in Seattle, um, leading the American League in home runs, so good for him. Not sure if he was playing designated hitter there or first base. He does play both, so I don't really know where they had him playing. Um, I, we've talked about that previously, what designated hitter is, so hopefully everyone can remember that. Um, but he, this weekend, got traded to the Yankees. So... Fucking
1: New York! <laughs> oh. See, now that we're off the Boston hate train, it's time for me to get on the New York hate train. <laughs> well,
0: especially when we're
1: talking about the baseball Yankees. and the
0: Yankees. Yes. Um. So yeah, so he got traded to the Yankees. So I mean, time for them to have another kind of ringer on their team, who's probably going to keep
1: hitting a bunch of home runs. And um, you can't see my eyes rolling, but they're rolling real hard. Yeah, like I can see my brain; they're so far back. <laughs> This is so fucking typical. Yeah. Like, the Yankees are like, oh, I see a good player out there yonder. I'm just going to purchase them because who needs a cap in baseball? Right. (sighs) Whatever. Anger. I just fucking hate it. I hate it because the Jays are in their division, too. Right. Like, trying to compete against the Yankees and the Red Sox is so infuriatingly difficult because they just buy themselves teams that are amazing. And, like, it's such... I mean, in theory,
0: Toronto could do it, too. They just refuse to.
1: Right, because, I mean, the point is that, like, baseball should have a hard cap, yeah. or at least some sort of cap, or anything that would resemble parity. Right. Like, anything. Because there's teams, like, like, really small market teams where, like, some of these players make as much as some of these payrolls, period. Right. You know, like, the Yankees pay ridiculous amounts of money for their players, and some of these other teams, their payrolls are so much smaller. Like, mm-hmm. you can't compete. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like what, I mean, slightly different... Definitely different. But same idea as what Greg was saying last week about when the U.S. played Thailand yes. and like the differing resources. And he, a thousand percent. he made a comment that said if you're both professional sports, you would all have the same resources. Which, like, in theory, yes, you all would play the same number of games and you would play against the same level of athletes and you would have access to coaches and training staff and all of that sort of thing. But one big difference, especially in baseball, is the money that you have access to yeah. to pay your players.
1: There are legitimately teams in the MLB that I forget exist. And then they pop up on like every few years when the Jays are scheduled to play them and I'm like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. I forgot you were a team. Like legitimately, like the Pittsburgh Pirates, mm. le- I never think about them. The Arizona Diamondbacks, there's other ones that I, I'm not thinking of because I actually can't remember that they're teams. Um, but like, seriously, it's really bad. Yeah, You shouldn't be an afterthought in a sport, a professional sport. It's true. <laughs> so much so that I can't remember you. Yeah. <laughs> and I watch a lot of sports. That's true. Um, but anyways, fine, whatever. Ed went off to the Yankees, cool. Next. <laughs>
0: Um, Okay, well, I think that wraps up our pick six. Yay! So we are going to sail right on in to our next segment. Can we just like replay We Are the Champions through this
1: entire segment?
0: Yes, I think we can. (laughs) Just just a good little background music.
1: Um, Okay, so our next segment is basically Road to the Chip. And um, I would like to point out, if you have seen the Drake clip, he was saying, I want my d- chip with my dibs or dip with my chips, like, Tell me whatever what it, it is. is. <laughs> um, and we also, just to make sure we got the slang right, did use Urban Dictionary to confirm we did. <laughs> it was chip. It is. Um, so
0: basically chip is a slang word for a championship or a cha- championship ring. We're just so out of tune with the youth, the youth of today sure. that we had to Google it to make sure we were right. So we were.
1: Yeah. So there you go. You can use it in conversation with your friends. Yep. The chip. (laughs) The chip. So we wanted to basically do a little bit of a breakdown of the Raptors themselves because it's just, it's the biggest deal that they've won. And it's, it's one of those situations where I genuinely look at this team and more than any other that's won in recent memory, every single player has a story and they have a good story. And like Golden State has won so much in the last Five years that, like, at this point, what more can you possibly say about them?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they've had the most drama and like newness to their look this year when Clay Thompson tore his ACL and Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. Right. You know. Yeah.
0: Clay Thompson did uh, tear his ACL in the final game. I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping most of you were watching that and you probably saw that he got injured um, and then came back out to shoot his two free throws because he's just a
1: beast, I guess. Just it's like, because I think that if he doesn't take his free throws and like he didn't come back out, he wouldn't be able to be subbed back in. So right. he still had hope that he could come back. Right, but like he came out on a torn ACL
0: and shot yeah. two free throws. Like that's what I mean by like he's a beast. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> like, totally.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, so um, anyways. But yeah, so like you have that. You have Cleveland winning, which is whatever. It's great for LeBron, but I don't know. There's not a ton there. I actually didn't like a lot of the members of that Cleveland team. I just think they were... Kind of shitty people, but when I look at the Raptors and like, yeah, of course I'm biased because like I'm obsessed with this team and the sport and whatever. But genuinely, every person on this team is like a story and a like they're wicked people on and off the court. They all have bought into this like drama-free existence. And even Kawhi had said at some point that like I think it was in in his interview with Kyle, like nobody knew that. Kawhi was actually feeling it really badly with his injury because nothing leaked out of their camp. There were no sources to the media. Like there was, they kept so quiet about everything, and which I think has Kawhi is really appreciated. But like that's the kind of thing when everyone buys in in the locker room, like you're a brotherhood, right? Mm. And that's like that is what drives you to the championship. Definitely. So we'll talk about each of the players. Um, should we start with our boy Kyle? I think we should.
0: Okay, so with Kyle, um, he actually got drafted into the league by the Memphis Grizzlies and played there for three years. Um, He then got traded to the Houston Rockets, played there for three years, and then came to Toronto in July of 2012. So he was about six years into the league when he came to Toronto. Um, At the time that he came, DeMar DeRozan was already in Toronto, so he got drafted by Toronto in 2009. So Kyle came here, joined him and the rest of the team. Um, his first year here, the 2012-13 season, I don't think was much to really write home about. But then in, July, uh, in the summer of 2013, Masai Ujiri comes to Toronto as the, was he the GM when he first came? Yeah. And then he became president later.
1: Yeah. I don't I, I don't know at what point we made him president. All I know is that our current GM, no one actually knows. Yeah.
0: When he came up today on stage, I was like, who is that? Right. Sorry. You who? were like, I'm
1: sorry. Are you someone's son?
0: Yeah. He just looked like a rich person's son.
1: Yeah. Because no one acknowledges him. He also looks like he's 20. Yeah. Anyways,
0: so Masai Masai shows up in Toronto, joins the organization in 2013. So prior to this, Kyle was known across the league as being like a really difficult guy to coach. He had an attitude problem. He just like wasn't really someone you wanted on your team from like a personality locker room standpoint. Like he was a good player, but he had a lot of like off the court, like, issues, kind of. Yeah,
1: his reputation preceded him, truly. Like, he was known, even being, like, traded, that
0: he was difficult to coach. Exactly. So, basically, when Masai gets here, he sits him down and just asks him, like, what kind of player do you want to be? Because, like, here's the path you're going on, and here's the path you could be going on based on, like, your um, skills. Yep. Right? So here's what I see for you, like, which one do you want to choose, basically, and it seems like that was a real big turning point for Kyle, and, um, that season, so the 2013-2014 season, um, Masai's first year here, the Raptors go and make the playoffs for the first time since 2008, and then they have proceeded to make the playoffs every year since then. Yep. So that was sort of the start of, like, the big change in Toronto, I think.
1: Yeah, he sort of, I don't know, it was literally, like, something just clicked, and he just had this complete transformation, he also, like, he got way healthier at some point. He, I think he went vegan or, like, totally got his shit together. He lost weight so that his endurance would be better. Like, it's just, like, everything sort of came together. It's, like, something finally clicked in his head as to the person he wanted to be. Right. Um, and he also had a son around that time, too, who is yeah.
0: so freaking cute. Yeah. And he has, he has since had a second son. Yes. Also very cute. Um, and he's just been, he's been our de facto leader. Yeah. Truly. For sure. Yeah, he's been through a lot. Like, I think we, Greg and I mentioned this last week, too, how in Game 5, had he made that shot and won the game, like, that would have just been so, like, perfect, right? Perfect. Because he's been through so much. He's seen so many players come and go, coaches come and go. Like, you know, he's... A lot of people have, like, said not very nice things yeah. about him over the past yeah. few years um, even some of the guys in their speeches were saying that today or in, in interviews have said that too um, just that like Kyle's just had to deal with a lot of stuff and like people I mean, have questioned whether he's good enough and like
1: the trash bros meme was real like they were called him, on, him and Damar on the internet trash bros over because Insta- it was like the splash bros was Clay and Steph right. and they called Damar and Kyle the trash bros and that has stuck with him that he has not been able to shake this whole time even though he has More than lived up to his potential. Yeah. It's, he's, yeah. People have talked a lot of shit about him. Yeah.
0: So I feel like he's definitely who I'm mostly excited for. I think you probably feel the same way. I think a lot of people feel, like a lot of Raptors fans would feel that way. I don't know if like just generic basketball fans would really care either way. But um, I think a lot of people in Toronto are feeling pretty excited for Kyle right now.
1: And I think that you can tell that even with Kawhi on this team, they still respect Kyle as their leader because he was the one to lift the cup. And he was the one to carry that trophy through the parade and like... He has he- held on to it this whole time. Like, it, he didn't give it to Kawhi. No. To walk around with. Like, no. they so Also, consider. did you see the interview with the two of them after? Oh my God, it was so cute. I was dying. What up, Big Y? Yeah. Uh, Big
0: Y. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, this is an interview with Kyle and Kawhi, like, the night of them winning the championship, like, yes. later on, basically. Um,. I mean, I feel like it's the first time I've actually got to see them, like, interact. And it yeah. seems like they're legit friends. Which, of course, they would be. But, like, I don't know. You just ha- you haven't really seen it.
1: Well, there was also the whole thing where after um, Kawhi got traded, he texted Kyle to say, like, I know your best friend's been traded, but we're going to do something special. Right. And, like, that's a huge step forward. And, like, I remember, I don't know if you, maybe we talked about it on the pod, but I remember saying partway through the season that the thing that was scaring me was that I felt like Kawhi and Kyle were, didn't have a ton of chemistry on the court. Right. Because, like, they hadn't played a ton. Like, Kawhi was still having really heavy load management. But it's sort of, at some point before the playoffs started, it started to look real good. Yeah. Like, that game we went to against Portland, like, they looked good. And that's when I was starting to be like, oh, it's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can tell, like, they totally love each other now. And it makes me so happy. Yeah.
0: Also, during that interview... um, uh, Kawhi was, like, wanting, Ki- like, gave Kyle his MVP trophy to hold and was like, no, you deserve it. Like, you were the MVP of, like, that final game and, like, all this stuff. <laughs> so
1: cute. Also, Kyle had to get injections in his hand through each game this series because it's so, so injured. Yeah,
0: he probably's going to need surgery. Probably. Yeah.
1: And, like, but he was such a trooper. He just wore that fucking ice glove thing, whatever it was, that contraption on his hand every single game. Like, he was battered and he yeah. was still hitting his shots. Yeah. Ugh, I love him. Yeah.
0: So, I feel like that's pretty much Kyle's story in a very summarized nutshell. Yes. in a lot of details that have been missed out, <laughs> but that's like the high level version of
1: what's kind of gone on with Kyle. Um, up next, I will quickly mention Serge Ibaka, or Sergi Blocka, as he has become known. <laughs> <laughs> so, Serge is actually from the Congo. Um he, which, I, Meg and I were saying, it's we found it really funny because obviously Serge was like fucking lit at the parade today. They yes. all were. Like, they were having a hell of a time. I mean,
0: they were chugging bottles of champagne when they were leaving the parade, like for the parade at 10 a.m. And they didn't make it to us until like close to 3 p.m.
1: Yeah. So. Hmm.
0: So that's a lot of champagne to be
1: chugged. Yeah. Like I mean, Pascal literally had like the most dopey face on. <laughs> but anyways, so Serge was obviously lit because um he his accent was so much stronger. Like it's sort of like he lost his interview filter that he usually puts on to like, you know, be professional and like answer all the questions. So his like his accent was super cute cuz yeah. it was so strong. But anyways, um he's from the Congo. He actually speaks like Five languages or something. And a cool fun fact that you can use um, in conversation is that Serge, while they're, they're on the court through the playoffs, he actually spoke different languages to different players on the team, depending on who he needed, so that the other team couldn't pick up on plays. So, whenever he was talking to Marcus Saul, because Nick Nurse did run out a fairly big offense with uh, Marcus Saul at center and Serge Ibaka just next to him, um, he would speak Spanish to Marcus Saul. He would also speak French to Pascal. Because Pascal's from Cameroon, so it is a francophone country, Um, and then he would speak English to the other players. But he was able; he would just literally mid-play switch between whoever he needed, and it was like totally confusing the other teams. Yeah, Um, Serge has had a—he's kind of had a long journey. He actually played for OKC, Oklahoma Oklahoma City Thunder. He played on a team with Kevin Durant. um, I rule, maybe Russell Westbrook. I think he was in the league. He was there
0: from 2009 to 2016.
1: Okay. I think Russ was there. Um, so Kevin Durant and James Harden. Like, that team was a super team before they existed. Wow. And had their management not fucked up OKC's roster so royally by not paying any of them, they would have won a title. Wow. Like, it's so messed up. So anyways, Serge ended up leaving. Um, he ended up in Orlando. And partway through the season with Orlando, he didn't even make it a full season. He got traded to the Raptors. Yeah. So he's been with us for a few years. February of 2017. He yes. came here. So, um, he actually, he's, I feel like he's found a pretty good place on the team. He, he's one of those players that he needs minutes to get hot. Like, he doesn't particularly do well coming off the bench, but... And that's kind of been the problem back and forth. Like, when, especially when we got Gasol, like he would sit on the bench more, and then it was like he seemed a little clunky. But for some reason, in the playoffs, he turned into like old school Surge. Um, and he really just sort of became okay with his role. Yeah. And he didn't lose the like fire and like the ridiculous defensive ability that he possesses. He looked like shades of old school Surge, and that's what we needed when it happened. Yeah. I love him. Yeah.
0: We've got him for a couple more years. He re-signed with the Raptors in July of 2017 on a three-year contract. So he would have been 2017-18 season, 18-19. So we've got him for one more season um, before his contract ends, and then who knows if it'll end up getting extended or what will happen. But
1: Honestly, my bet... My bet is he's not going to be extended. Mm. I think that he will probably command more money, even at this point in his career, than what we will be able to pay him. So I'm not confident we'll end up seeing him again after the end of his contract, but we still have him for a couple years. Exactly. So I'm not mad about it. Um, I really like him, though. Mm -hmm. really like him. Yeah. And the players freaking love him. He also has a YouTube series, by the way, um, where he cooks... Dishes, um, traditional African dishes, or so he claims, um, and he makes other NBA players eat them and not know what it is. So um, he's had a couple of NBA players on where they've eaten like maggots and like bull penis or something. Like it's hilarious, and that's why they call him Chef Mafuzi. And what is this um, YouTube show called? I think it's called um, Would You Eat This? I need to look it up. It's something like that. But yeah, okay. it, I would. I would check it out because that's it's hilarious. fucking hilarious it Sounds hilarious because he doesn't take himself seriously at all right that's funny how hungry are you that's how the name how hungry are you yeah because he asks like how hungry are you and they're like oh I'm pretty hungry and then he like pulls the lid off and they're like what the fuck is this <laughs> and then he has one with Damar that's like absolutely hilarious that's funny yeah have to check that out
0: um okay well we'll move into Pascal Siakam or Spicy P as everyone likes to call him I you totally love him I do right? love him <laughs> Um, yeah, he only started playing basketball six years ago. It's stupid. Like, like in, in life, like not like professionally or like in college. No, in life, he only started playing basketball six years ago. Um, It's not even fair that you can get that good in six years at anything. Yeah, it's pretty insane. So he is from Cameroon, which I believe we've mentioned before. He was rocking a sweet Cameroon flag after they won too. He was, he sure was. Um, So he ended up getting drafted um, by Toronto. Um, What year was that in?
1: Three years ago. Three years ago, I think.
0: Okay. So pretty late in the first round. So this is why Messiah is
1: a god. Because like he sees players and he's like, I'll take a flyer on that. Or he's like, I can see that there's potential there. You know that he was like this close to drafting Giannis? He's, oh. He wanted Giannis really, really badly because he was like, this kid's going to be a superstar. I need to get him. And he actually tried to trade up picks, um, but Milwaukee wouldn't budge and they took him. Uh, which probably would like, set off their radar like, hmm, why do you want him? Right. But um, yeah, like legit, Messiah's a an absolute shark when it comes to finding draft picks and Pascal yeah. is literally no exception. Yeah. So Pascal is 25,
0: which means he only started playing basketball
1: at 19,
0: which is crazy. <laughs> Because these people would have been playing since they were, like, six. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know. It's just insane. Um, so, yeah. So, he was drafted in 2016, I believe, um, and played for the first two seasons in the, um, I guess, G League, as they call it now. It yes. was called the D League when he played in it. But So, that would be, like, the Raptors kind of farm team, the Raptors 905. So, he played there for a couple of seasons. Um, it's really only been, what, last year and this year that he played – For our team. Yeah. Um, And so he... Yeah, I mean, this year he had a
1: pretty impressive year. It Um, was like... He had, like, the great leap forward. Right. He, like, went from... I think he was averaging, like, nine points a game off the bench last year. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what he drank or did or... All I know is he became a superstar.
0: Well, I think... If you think about it, if he's only played basketball for six years and these people have been playing for like 30 or well, 20, I don't know, you know, like he's obviously just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. Because six years is not that long to be playing for. Yeah.
1: So. Also, you know, what's a fun fact prior to picking up a basketball, he was actually in seminary school. Like he was going to be a priest. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So glad he didn't become a priest. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> wow. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, Oh, I know, yeah. So he's also um, nominated for Most Improved Player this year. Um, Tanyela doesn't feel confident that he's going to get it because the... Uh, votes happen after the regular season or yeah. very early into playoffs, yeah. and it was actually in playoffs where he made like except like had exceptional games, yeah. like really impressive games. Um, in the regular season, he did well. He did he a lot did better excellent. than last year, and he did he was very like he improved a lot, which I yes. think is why he was nominated for that award. But if they're not going to base that at all on playoffs, then yeah, yeah I don't know.
1: I think that um, he. I think it's going to go to D'Angelo Russell, who plays for Brooklyn, or. <laughs> is playing for Brooklyn currently until they get rid of him. Right. Um, But, yeah, I would love to see Spicy P win it because he has contributed so much to this team this year. I'm not confident because the U.S. hates us, so we get awarded for, like, nothing. Um, But he, I don't know, he was such an integral part of this win. It was, and this is, like, again, this is the thing I love about this team is every single player on that court contributed in some really important way to that win.
0: At one point or another, yeah, there were definitely points again, like we've talked about, where it was the Kawhi show, um, but not really in the Golden State series. By the time they hit the Golden State series, everybody was contributing. I they thought. were
1: clicking. I don't
0: think there was any game where I was like, "Well, Kawhi just ran the show," or "You know, Fred ran the show," or "Kyle ran the show," or yeah. whatever. I think it was like, "Oh no, everybody like really stepped it up."
1: And this is like that's what Golden State does to you. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they usually do to other teams. Is like you have five players on the court that can absolutely <laughs> annihilate you, and it. It was like the f- the script had completely flipped it. Right. Now you had five Raptors players and any single one of them could could score. They yeah. had no way of answering it. Yeah. By the way, I think um, Pascal was 16 when he picked up the basketball. Okay. I think he quit seminary school at 15.
0: Okay. So 16. So he's yeah. been playing for, I guess, nine years now then.
1: But like still. still. You picked up a basketball at 16. Yeah. What was I doing at 16? Yeah. Trying to get my G1. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so, I mean, Pascal, we're super lucky because he's still on our rookie contract scale with us. He is going to be commanding more money, I think, after next year. Um, he's going to be commanding he's, a lot he's more He's getting money. paid a lot less money than everybody else right now, so. Which, yeah, I mean, currently very much works to our advantage, but he's going to get paid, um, and deservedly so. He's, like, a really good dude. Um, he's apparently, like, an academic superstar, too. Like, he was an excellent student, so he's super bright, which is... Um, I mean, I really like it considering we have players like Kyrie Irving who believe the earth is flat. Right. So I'll take it. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, he's a great kid. I'm super excited to see where he goes. If this is where he's at now, I don't know if you can get a lot higher, but there still may be some ceiling there that we can push. Yeah.
0: Um, One other thing you might hear – uh, reporters ask him about is his father mm. um, because his his dad did actually die in a car crash in October of 2014. I think he was quite close with his dad and it was obviously like a very tragic, um, you know, way for him to die. Yeah. And, and fortunately, it was right at the time where Siakam was waiting for his US visa stuff to go through so he couldn't actually go back to Cameroon for the funeral, which like he's talked about a lot being like a really big regret in his life and obviously that was like really hard for him. So especially when they won, like there's a lot of reporters who made comments about like oh you know like I don't, why they bring this up but I know like, they're awful right like oh like what would you say if your dad was here or what do you think he would say if you know if he was here and all this stuff so just for a little context that's why they are asking about it
1: can we just say that some of these, like the interview questions, were fucking awful this year? Yeah, for the some finals. of them were bad. Doris Burke doing those interviews on stage were awful. Mm. Like she's a phenomenal interviewer and like well respected because she's a boss bitch. But whatever they were feeding her to ask, they were like, Marcus, all tell us about playing in Memphis and why it's super sad that none of them won. <laughs> <And> it's like. <laughs> what <laughs> I don't understand Kyle talk to us about your best friend being traded yeah as you're holding this title yeah. Like I was displeased yeah um speaking of Marcus, all let's just jump right into him because I fucking love him <laughs> I love him you have heard me obsess about him all half season long since he's been with us yes um, Marc Gasol is, like, the old man of the team. He is adorable. And by old man, I mean, like, I think he's 34, but still, <laughs> like, by athlete standards. Um, Marc Gasol is from Spain. He has a brother in the league named Pau, and they are actually the first, uh, brother duo to ever win NBA titles. Yes. Pau does not play for us, by the way. No. He won it with the Lakers. Um, but it's super cool. Both of them won titles. Pau actually wrote this really cute tweet about, like, with, like, pictures of them as kids. Aww. Yeah, and how happy he was that his brother won. That's so nice. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, so Marc Gasol, actually, his story is interesting because he has played his entire career in Memphis. He's played for 10 and a half years there. Uh, the half year being this year when they <laughs> sent him here. Um, we traded Jonas Valanciunas for him and I think DeLon Wright was sent over there yes, too. Yes, Yeah. Um, and so it was at the time... Raptors fans were like holy shit Marc Gasol I'm not mad about this but Memphis fans were like actually crushed because they adore him he's the classiest dude everyone I've heard like, everything I've read about him has said that he is the nicest person he, and I, I don't know if you remember after game 7 when uh, when we won in, against Philly and Embiid was crying and Gasol went over to him and like consoled him yeah. and said like, like talk to him and like consoled him while he was crying like he's uh, buf- rather than going to celebrate with The team he took time to do that. Yeah. He's just the best. Yeah, he seems pretty
0: awesome. Um, Just while we're on the topic of this trade happening, um, DeLon Wright and Jonas Valanciunas are two of the players who actually got rings. Yes! Yeah, they did. a couple players, I guess, who started the season in Toronto but didn't finish it still get championship rings because although they weren't here to win it, they contributed to the year um, and to getting the team to where they were. So, DeMar does not get one. No, because he was traded before the season started. That's a big letdown.
1: I know I'm sad for him in that sense. Me
0: too, because he definitely put a lot of work into the team. Yeah, I
1: mean, his number will be retired here, so we'll, we'll get to look forward to that in a few, like, five years or whatever, but or maybe longer, but still. Um, yeah, Marcus All plays center for us. He is this super tall dude with the beard. Um, he had a great playoffs. He actually had a pretty terrible game six, though, the one that we won against Golden State. He really wasn't performing all that well, but it doesn't matter because everyone else was doing great. Yes. So his defense is amazing. It's what he's actually known for. And he can also hit threes, which, if you were watching the Raptors at any point before Marcus Gasol showed up or we made these playoffs, um, Jonas Valentinus does not hit threes. Right. He's attempted a couple, and everyone was like, oh my god, look at you go, that's so cute. Um, when in reality, like, ugh, you really should. We're getting to a, a league where everyone needs to be able to shoot threes, so getting Marcus Gasol was, like, such a step forward for us. Um I adore him. I don't think he's going to be staying with us. He will likely opt into his player option next year and command like I think 25 million. So what is a player option, Tunella? Oh, let me tell you, Megan. (laughs) Um, So contracts in basketball have a number of years and usually at the end of the contract, there's an extra year that's known as a player option. So a player can actually decide in that year whether to opt into the option, which means that they take the money that's offered as part of the contract in that year, and they stay with the team, or they can decline the player option and test free agency, meaning that other teams can make them offers. So it can be used as an advantage either way. Um, players who aren't making a ton of money that have a player option at the end of their um, contract can be like, fuck it, I'm playing great. I'm going to go see if I can get more money elsewhere. So they'll decline their player option and test free agency, which you're actually going to see happen in the offseason coming up. Um, or sometimes players can decide to actually opt in and i was telling meg before the pod the perfect example is andrea bargnani who used to be a raptor the italian primo pasta dude he sucks um (laughs) we used our first overall pick on him when back when our general manager not Masai, um was obsessed with making us team europe so we drafted andrea bargnani and he was terrible but he got paid a shit ton of money so when we traded him to the Knicks, he actually opted in to hit the last year of his player contract because he knew he wasn't going to get paid because he was terrible. So he opted in. The Knicks have to pay him and honor the contract. And he was like, cool. <laughs> um, but anyways, so Marc Gasol has a player option with us next year. And he will likely opt in too because he, given his age, he won't make that kind of money anymore. So um, I expect him to opt in. After next year, he will be a free agent, and most people are predicting he's probably going to go back to Memphis and finish his career there, even if it's just for a year, just to kind of, like, he he deserves it. They love him there. They're going to retire his number there. He might as well go finish his career there. I'm sure that he will. Yeah. And none of us will be mad about it. He's been nothing but gracious coming to this team after being, like, you know, you build a life there. You spend a decade in one city. Your family's there. Like, you have this whole life, and you just are uprooted partway through one season with no notice. Yeah. He handled it so graciously. He did.
0: Yeah, he was awesome. He was a good uh, a good um, addition to the team, I would say. He was wonderful. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we are going to move on to Danny Green now, who actually came to Toronto in the offseason as part of the deal with Kawhi and Damar, so and
1: he referred to himself as the other part of the trade. Yeah, today. <laughs> he did during
0: his speech. He referred to himself as the other guy from the deal, or the other guy from the trade, or something like that. But yes, basically, so he came with Kawhi from the Spurs. Um, he is a shooting guard, so he's the guy who usually like hangs out down in the corners on like the outside of the three point line and just kind of shoots threes. Um, you know. Hit and miss. Some days he has like some games he has like a really hot game where he's just hitting threes, hitting threes, hitting threes. Other days, not so much. He had a pretty terrible
1: playoffs. Yeah, pretty terrible. Yeah. And Danny Green had a great regular season, so it was really sad that he couldn't keep up his scoring. Yeah. He played great defense though, to his credit. Like he is a fantastic defender, so yeah. we weren't that mad, especially because other people were doing great. Right. Um. But I still felt bad for him because you know that it like he he was feeling it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, he actually, in his speech today, too, said, turned to the team and uh, apologize for not being able to help them out on the court. Oh. But that he hopes that he um, did help them out in the locker room or off the court or something like that. Oh. And they were all, like, Serge like, was, like, like, literally standing up, like, yelling at him, like, come on, man. Like, oh. don't say that shit. And, like,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, so he seems great. His hair today was, like, on point. Like, Epic. So on point, I was obsessed.
1: He had it like fully. He has like a pretty sweet mohawk, and he had yeah. it fully picked out today. Yeah. It was awesome. It was. It was. It was really, <laughs> it was really awesome.
0: <laughs> um, so actually, unclear what's going to happen with Danny Green going forward because this year was the end or the last year of his contract that he had with. Um, San Antonio so then when they sent him to us obviously the contract stays the same so he had signed a four year contract back in 2015 Um, this year he was getting paid 10 million so I mean depending how much he wants to get paid next year we may be able to keep him we may not Um, I think there's like a lot of moving parts right now for our team so I don't really know what's going to happen but basically after July 1st which is the um, the start of the free agency he will be a free agent and we'll see what happens
1: yeah he has expressed that he wants to come back. Yeah. He actually has really enjoyed his time in Toronto. Yeah. Um and like for someone who like like the city has actually really embraced him. They yeah. really like him. So um I I hope he comes back. Um I don't think he can come back for 10 million a year. I I think the only thing that might work to our advantage is that he had a shit playoffs, which yeah. helps tank his value a little bit. Um which I hate talking about people like that. Yeah. It's a terrible way to say it, but um If he's willing to take less money and he doesn't have the stats to really back up why he deserves more than 10 mil a year, even though in this market he probably can get more than that, um, I can see them making him an offer. But you're right, there's a lot of moving parts, most notably Kawhi. Right. However Kawhi's contract goes is what will dictate what we do after that. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, but he also, um, he he has a podcast too. Danny Green? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he has a podcast and apparently it's super popular. I haven't given it a listen, but if you've ever listened to him talk, he's got like a really great voice huh. for podcasting. Um, and I think he's had a couple of like NBA guests and stuff on it. And there's like a pretty big like, ex- I don't know what how to say it. Like, people are expecting that once he eventually retires, um, like, ESPN or TNT are going to scoop him up for commentating. Because he, mm. he actually commentated during the All-Star Game. Oh. Um, I think it was, it might have been the Celebrity Game that he was part of. And people literally loved it.
0: Hmm. Inside the Green Room. Yes. Is the name of his podcast. Perfect. He has a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts.
1: Good yeah, job, apparently he's really good. Um, and his Twitter is Green Ranger, so I'm into it. Aww, yeah, that's cute. So, I love me some Danny, Danny Green. I wish he had had a better playoffs, because it probably would have made some of these games a little bit better. Um, but, it's okay. We won. He still had a good time. He's a really good dude. Yeah. Hopefully he comes back, but we'll see. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the current state of sports, a lot of people don't stay with their teams anymore. Mm-hmm. So... You know we'll see we'll see um okay up next is fred van vliet aka steady Freddy,
0: aka fred van vliet senior
1: <laughs> yes correct <laughs> actually you know that i actually think he's uh, fred van vliet ii because his dad is also fred oh i think so interesting yeah huh. but anyways new father yes Fred Van Senior. Yeah. Um, he, if you don't know who he is by now, he's the like sort of Drake lookalike on the team. Yeah. I see that. <laughs> he also was rocking a Nelly Band-Aid under his eye because he got hella elbowed um again in the series against the Warriors and just laid on the court bleeding out. Yep. That was a pretty epic shot though. Like
0: the of him laying on the court. Yeah. Oh yeah, the blood dripping down the side of his face and then pooling in like his ear fold. Yeah. I was so grossed out by that part. Like, the blood was literally sitting in the fold cartilage of his ear. I was like, "What?"
1: <laughs> I loved it, though, because I'm glad that he didn't put his hand above his face, because, like, I feel like that shot is so epic. It is. Like, I'd make it my phone background if I was him. Yeah. Like, you look badass. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Fred Van Bleet's story is actually one of those, like, like, What's that song by Miley Cyrus, The Climb? Yes. <laughs> That's truly what it is. Um, Fred played four years in college, which in the current state of, you've heard us talk about one and duns in NCAA. Um, usually what happens is players who are dra- or NBA bound leave after a year. But Fred actually played four years in college, which is not common. Um, he declared for the draft after he finished his four years, and no one took him. Like, no one. <sighs> Which is really sad. Mm-hmm. So he ended up in the G League uh, with the Raps. And he ended up going on to win a championship with the Raptors 905 in 2017. Um, and then he was nominated for sixth man of the year in the NBA in 27-2018. Yeah.
0: Which basically just means that he uh, came up to actually play that season with the Raptors. So that would be last season. Um, and played on their bench. So like he would get subbed in. So I guess... I didn't know about this award until now, but um, essentially it's for like the best bench player yeah, and across the league. So he actually got nominated for that. So to go from two years prior, nobody picking you up for the draft and then you play one season with the G league, you win a championship. The next season you're playing on the actual NBA team
1: and you get, you win the award for six men. You get nominated.
0: Oh, nominated. Sorry. didn't win.
1: Yeah. Nominated. Um, he has had moments of being really streaky with us. His, his development has sort of been... There's moments where he's been brilliant and moments where he's just, like, can't hit anything. Um, he is a really decent backup point guard. And I think that that's the thing that's helped us, is that his step forward in terms of his development, especially in the playoffs, has been key. Um, he was already a really decent second option coming off the bench. So much so that, like, you can probably argue there's a team out there who would take him as their starter. Uh, But luckily he's with us. And then the playoffs started and then his son was born Yep. and Fred turned into a god.
0: Yep, sure did. And gave no credit to his son.
1: (laughs) Actively gave no credit to his son. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I feel like we've talked about this before on the podcast,
1: but yeah. Um, He really truly went on to be a crucial part of our um, wins against Golden State He's really, really good at like obviously three point shots, but also like strange, hard to hit layups against dudes that are bigger than him. Like, it's just this thing he's known for. I think it's maybe, maybe it's because he's a little thicker, but like he's able to get up and hit a basket, like layup, whatever, um, against people that are taller than him in defensive mismatches. And he's I don't also, know why.
0: He's also somebody who you see like, yeah, just kinda of throw himself toward yes. the basket, flip the ball off his hand, tumble to the ground, and then the ball just somehow goes in. And
1: he gets the end one. Yeah. It's always great. Like that's the that's the thing he's shockingly good at, and mm-hmm. I love it. Um he became like shockingly hard to guard, which I love. He was playing alongside Kyle in place of Danny Green for much of the series. He still came off the bench, which is good because it let Danny Green just try to keep his confidence. But um, he ended up playing in Danny Green's spot for a lot of the championships. And he went ahead and actually set the record for most threes by a player off the bench in the finals with 16 hit.
0: Wow. Which is
1: amazing. That is. Um, Other super cute fact about Fred VanVleet coming out of this series is that, um, so a bunch of people vote on the finals MVP. Obviously it went to Kawhi. But out of the 11 votes, um, Fred got one. Yeah. Ten went to Kawhi, So who's voting on
0: this? Like NBA executive
1: uh, people? I don't know. It, different awards have different people vote on them. Sometimes it's sports writers. Sometimes this, although there's only 11 people, so maybe it is executives. That would make sense. Something like that. Um, but yeah, so like it makes me super happy that Fred got a vote sent to him because I think it's a really great way of acknowledging how far he's come and how incredibly talented he is. Um, He also has a really cute clothing line called Better On Yourself that Mm -hmm. um, he opened up a little pop-up shop in, I think, is it Rockford, Connecticut that he's from?
0: Rockford, Illinois.
1: Illinois. Um, And it sold out in like an hour, all of his merch. And like, that's a very Toronto thing, okay? We like to buy people's merch within seconds of it coming out. We're not expecting that from tiny towns in Illinois. So, good for Freddie. Um, So happy he's with us. And I'm so happy he had such a beastly playoffs because I feel like he was truly a key member of our wins. Yeah. Do you... I'm trying to
0: find out what his status is in terms of, like, next year and contract and stuff. It looks like it says he signed a contract in 2018 with the Raptors, but it gives no details on it. So, Mm. like, it doesn't say how many years or anything like that. So, could it have just been a one year?
1: No, it should be longer than that. Um. Okay.
0: So if he just signed it in 2018, chances are we still have him for a couple of years then.
1: Yeah, more than likely. We don't sign one-year contracts oftentimes. Um, basically, we have him through uh, to the end of next year. He's okay. currently making, he'll make, he'll make, excuse me, he'll make $9 million next year. He signed a two-year $18 million contract um, in 2018. Okay. He'll probably get a lot more after this one.
0: All right, well, we need to start wrapping it up here because things are getting a little out of hand cool. time-wise, but we have saved the, I don't want to say best for last because I love all of them, but no, you think it's best for last? <laughs> I mean, can we argue that at this point? <laughs> well, okay, obviously the last person we are
1: going to talk about is Kawhi Leonard. Um, Did you see the sign today that said, um, our Lord and Savior, Jesus (laughs) Kaweist? I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, the
0: jokes about him, like are the like, you know, uses of his name, like the coactus and everything, like it's just too much. Um, But I mean, we have talked about him a lot. We probably don't need to go as in depth into his backstory because I feel like we've already done that. Essentially, he had a very controversial year last year. Mentioned that earlier. Never really going to know what the outcome, like what the you know, what the real story of that was, but doesn't really matter at this point. I mean, Greg's convinced that at some point someone's going to write a book about that and it's going to come out and we're going to get the deets on it, but who knows how far down the road that'll be.
1: It's just, it's hard for me to believe that it was all, like especially with the attitude Kawhi has had with us, it's hard for me to believe that he was the one faking his injury or whatever to stay out longer yeah like it just seems so strange to me it's it's definitely one of those things more than likely that I my guess is that the team doctors were like no you're good and his doctor was like I wouldn't clear you so you so he, so he's like so he's like he's like I'm not going right and the team was like well you can go we right. cleared you yeah and then you end up in this like yeah. impasse yeah
0: and also I don't know that their team was willing to do the like Take the load management approach that nope. Toronto was willing to do. No. So that's the other thing, too, is like if he knows that he's not a hundred percent, he knows that he can't come back and play every game yep. and be your number one guy, right? So like if you're not willing to budge on that and that's your expectation, then why would you want to come back to that as a player? I don't know. Yep. Just feels like you're not really being supported by your team. Yeah. Again, I don't know the whole story, but anyways, either way, very controversial season. Get sent to Toronto in the off-season. I'm sure he wasn't thrilled about it. Initially, Toronto wasn't thrilled about it. Everyone was sad about losing cool, DeMar. Ooh, baby! Again, we have talked about this. He at D- Yes, over, over time. But... At the end of the day, I do think that, I mean, obviously it was the best possible outcome from like a season perspective.
1: It was the it, actual it best outcome. It
0: <laughs> could not be better than that. No. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got that box checked. We couldn't have done any better. It's not even like we made it to the finals. Great. It's like, no, no, we made it and then we won. So like big check mark on that side of things. Yeah. There's
1: nothing left on your grocery list that you're missing. No zero you got it all yeah
0: I mean when it comes to the, the, this season yeah then you have the whole issue of like do you want to be in Toronto or do you want to be back in California because that's where he's from do you want to be on a bigger market team although I would argue that like I mean Toronto we're big. yeah like the Toronto Raptors has all of Canada but we're now
1: the most profitable MLSE team mm-hmm. we've surpassed the Raptors surpassed the Leafs the Leafs yeah um, and the Jays and, oh, yeah well yeah that's not surprising I suppose
0: um, so yeah, so you've got that. So do you, like, where do you want to live? Cause like really at this point you can choose what you want. Yeah. Also like, I mean, Teniela kind of mentioned earlier, we're pretty sure at this point, Masai's just like, what do you want? I'll give it to you. Yeah. Literally. The entire city of Toronto is like, "Kawhi, what do you want? We will give it to anything. you. Do literally you want my anything. wife? You
1: can have her. <laughs> anything you want, we will give you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, at this point, the two competing arguments are that he's going to sign a one in one one-year guaranteed, like regular contract, plus a player option, which is a very LeBron James thing to do. LeBron signs a one in one constantly so that he can opt out of his second year and make even more money than he already is. Um, so that's like the the LeBron special. So people are asked, like thinking that he'll actually do that if he still kind of doesn't know where he want to pl- where he wants to plant himself. Um, but the other thing, and the thing that's most advantageous to having Kawhi, is that we can offer him a super max deal. Which means that we can offer him, I think, an extra year of his contract and more money. Right. It's like five percent more or something. Whatever it is, um, we and can that is
0: because we have him yes. when he's going into being a free agent. Yes. So you get an advantage being the team that exactly.
1: On. So all of these other teams can be like, we'll give you max money, and and Masai can be like, we can give you even more than what they can give you. Right. And the thing that like so Nick's argument, and it's one that's worth I feel like bringing up, is that Kawhi's history of injuries. If I was him, I'd take the supermax with the guaranteed money. Right. Because what happens in a year if you get
0: injured? On a team that you already know is going to load manage you well. Yeah. Because they've proven that they can do yes. that. Yes. And that you still obviously made it work. Yeah. Like you won.
1: A thousand percent. I, 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 to me, it's the logical choice. And again, not because I'm biased, but legitimately because of what can be offered. He apparently has a really great relationship with Alex McKechnie, their trainer, um, like Toronto's appar- trainer. yeah, Toronto's yeah. trainer apparently, like, at the before the season started, he sat him down and was like, Here's everything we're gonna do for you. And they've gotten like super tight, and he's totally buying into like how they want to manage him, which is good. Um, and again, the money if you want the money, you have it. If you want the endorsement deals, Toronto has bought every single thing that has come out from New Balance, no matter how fucking ugly it is. It's true, it's and amazing. honestly,
0: like, the day. The day, the an hour after the news breaks that he decides to stay here, if that's what happens. That Leonard jersey is sold out. It's sold out for months. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's going to be insane. Like, anybody who is still holding out, which I do think is probably a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Like, because you're not going to invest the money. We've talked about this before, but you're not going to invest the money in a jersey for someone you don't really know if they're going to stay. But now that we won the championship, if he then stays,
1: his jerseys are going to be everywhere. Every, everywhere. Especially if he signs the five-year Supermax holy shit, that jersey is going to be everywhere. It's going to be insane. He's already a god here. His number will be retired regardless of whether he leaves. Even if he's like, literally, I read on the internet, somebody said he should be like Johnny Appleseed and go like go to a different team every year and win them a title. Like, you get a title. Like, <laughs> <And> spread his <laughs> seeds <laughs> That's hilarious. And just hilarious. walk around the league. Um, that is hilarious. But I, I genuinely hope he stays. I think that this whole run through the playoffs and seeing just how much the city responds, I mean... Triple the amount of people they estimated showed up today to the parade. Yeah. Like, we are obsessed. Obsessed with him. Yeah. Like, this dude will get a free house and all of the food he can ever want to eat. And, like, like the city is ready. Yes. Like <laughs> We've prepped everything. Very ready. Um, It's insane. Side uh, note, yes. I'm quickly going to say, for anyone who actually does want to buy a jersey next year for the Raptors, wait until the beginning of the season or when they release the 2019-2020 jerseys because now that we've won a title you get this cool little gold patch at the back of the jersey um, right along the collar that is only for teams that have won a title oh. so you get a cute little gold patch so it's worth it to wait because then you can get like a proper one It's a good tidbit
0: I was also going to say that today, while we were at the parade, we were chatting with a friend's cousin who lives in Miami, who has like no allegiance to Toronto whatsoever. Um, And he's convinced that Kawhi's going to stay, which makes me feel happy because I feel like everyone here is so biased either way. Like, either they think, oh, he's going to stay for sure because they're like, why wouldn't he? It's Toronto. We love him. We won a championship. Like, biased in that sense. Or you're so jaded as a Toronto sports fan that you're like, he's definitely going to leave because that's all that would make sense. Yes.
1: Even and though, so, logically, it makes more sense to stay, it's like, no, the Toronto thing is that he would leave. Right. So, <laughs> so to
0: hear from, like, an objective third party who has, like, no vested interest in Toronto yeah. or Toronto sports at all, um, to say, like, it, it he's going to stay. Like, he was, like, completely convinced. Like, it's the only thing that
1: makes sense. I was like,
0: wow, that makes me feel so much more
1: hopeful. Yeah. I mean... I think I was saying before the pod I think this this conversation is going to end very quickly I can't see Kawhi dragging this out I'm assuming like we already know th- the money is going to be offered from every team like you know how much money is going to be offered right
0: everyone who wants him knows they want him I'm sure he already knows they want him even though he's not supposed to I'm sure he does totally Um. and so yeah I'm sure that he's going to be very top of the list for people to get figured out of like is he going to come to us or not because then if not who else can we who's get who's next yeah.
1: so I think it's going to get done very quickly I'm hoping that as soon as the free agent window opens, he announces he's re-signing, We can get it done because then it allows Masai to kind of fix everything else up. Um, I don't think there's anyone else that becomes a free agent this year, so that's good. Danny Green, besides Danny Green, so it'll be he'll basically spend the summer trying to figure out if we can make Danny Green work or if we need to send him elsewhere. And if Kawhi leaves, then who knows what's going to happen? I don't even want to think about it. That's yeah. another pod. Yeah, for another day. Save that for another day. Okay, so now that we've spent a stupid amount of time on this podcast episode, <laughs> I mean, I think
0: it's fair. The Raptors won a championship. Yeah. Like, if you're not vested in, if you're not invested in the Toronto Raptors, then you probably have the podcast turned off by now. And if, you've, very if you've made it this long, it's probably because you're either a true Raptors fan or you jumped on that bandwagon hard.
1: And either way, we're fine with it. We are very fine with it. You can drive that bandwagon all you want. There's room for everybody. There is. So um, we will be back next week with another episode. Meg and I are officially back properly. So for about a week,
0: and then I'm gone, and then we're probably taking a one week break. I think, right?
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Scratch that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're back next week. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at cleats and cocktails or Twitter cleats cocktails. Um, I was tweeting through the uh, NBA playoffs. So you can go ahead and read all of my tweets that basically all were themed around different ways I would die watching (laughs) the series. Sounds about Um,
0: Yeah, so make sure you uh, rate, uh, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and favorite or whatever else it is that you can do on all the other podcast platforms. And uh, any questions, email us, cleatsandcocktails at gmail.com. And otherwise, we will be back next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers.